This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. A person who is part of another person's household, when he comes there, he's not coming over to visit. That's where he lives. That's his house. And this is the relationship, this is the sphere, this is the realm, these are the boundaries, this is the limits of the relationship that must describe, that must define the disciples and us as followers to be them of his household. And a person who is a part of the them of his household, of verse 25, he says to that person, John 15, 4, abide in me and I in you. The word abide means to dwell or live in, like we abide in our house, we abide in our homes. So when the Lord Jesus said, abide in me, he's saying, see yourselves them of his household. That means that we should see the Lord as our home. The Lord himself is our home, and that means he's saying to us, be at home in him. To abide in Christ means to be at home in the Lord Jesus, just like children are at home in their parents' home. Means that the children need to know what the rules of the house are, and they need to live by the rules of the house. In the same way, we need to know what the rules of the Lord's house are and to live by those rules. To abide in Christ means to live in a home and not be independent, but it means to depend on the father of the house, for example, in the same way to abide in Christ means to not live a life that's independent of him, but to live a life that's dependent on him. To be at home in the Lord Jesus means for us to imitate the father of the house, the Lord Jesus. Before we received the Lord Jesus, when we were sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, and when the Lord Jesus heard our despairing cry and he lifted us, when we received the Lord Jesus, we were not abiding in Christ. We were not living in him. But when we came to the Lord Jesus, he says to us, John 15, 4, 
a welcome of abide in me. That meant he invited us to uh, come to the Lord Jesus as our new home. We first come to the Lord Jesus. How do we come? As newly adopted sons with our adoption papers in hand when we show up. We come there, as it says in Galatians 4, 5, that ye might receive the adoption of sons. So as newly adopted sons, we come to the Lord Jesus. He is our new home. We arrive, bags in our hands. The Lord Jesus welcomes us with John 15, for it abide in me. And what he means to say by that is unpack your bags and make yourself at home. And we should make ourselves at home in Christ. Someone might say, oh, no, but my home's in heaven. I'm waiting to unpack when I get to heaven. The reply is, you are at home now. Your new home is in Christ. Not in the world, it's in Christ, which is now. When you die, you'll both move to heaven. And then it'll be John 14, 2 through 3, my father's house. Our many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am there ye may be also. We are at home in Christ because he said now, Hebrews 13, 5, he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's the principle of abiding in Christ. The John 14, 3 principle of abiding in Christ is where I am, there ye may be also. That's the reason why the Lord now says to us in John 15, 4, abide in me. He's saying that because he is present with us so we can abide in him. So the first thing he wants to do, he wants to see us do, is unpack your bags and view Christ as your new home. Just like a home, we start our day in a home, we're at home, and then we leave home to go out and do whatever we gotta do, work, errands, whatever, and at the end of the day, we return home. So it is with abiding in Christ being at home in Christ. We take time in the morning for morning devotion time. We're at home with Christ. We go out in the world. We got to do what we got to do. And then we come back for a refreshing time again with Christ. Call it evening devotion, whatever you want to call it, quiet time. We're returning home. Now, sometimes in a home, there are rebellious kids that keep running away. They're runaways. They run away from home. And the Lord has some of those children too. They keep running away from him. They keep going off into the world. They forget God. He goes to go after them, bring them back home again, live in Christ again. And he has to say again to them, John 15, 4, abide in me. He's saying, stop running away. This was the problem with Hosea's wife. God told Hosea in chapter 1 of Hosea, go get a wife in Hosea, not just any wife. He said, Hosea 1, 2 through 3. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go take thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim. So here you have God telling him, go take an unfaithful woman for a wife. And so he obeys. Hosea obeys because he's the living example of the problem with Israel. Okay, so he goes there, he takes this wife, he brings his new wife home, and he tells her, this is your new home. Unpack your bags and stay here. But the problem was 
that Hosea's wife was a runaway, and she ran away to go and live with another man who loved her. Hosea's wife was an adulterous wife, and God told Hosea, go back and get her and bring her back home. And what do you think Hosea had to do? He had to pay off the man. He had to give the man, pay him off in order for him to release the woman that the other man loved. But that was Hosea's wife. And Hosea talked about that in Hosea 3.1. Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman, beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel who took to other gods and loved flagons of wine. Now let me stop here. So he said to Hosea, Don't just grab her by the scruff of the neck and haul her back. Love her. She cheated on you. She hurt you. She went with another man. But you, Hosea, you go love that woman. That's your wife. You bring her back. And so that's what he did. And so Hosea says it wasn't easy. So Hosea said in Hosea 3.2, So I bought her. I paid for her, he says. I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and a half of Omer barley. Now I'll just stop here a little bit. Can you picture that from Hosea? Hosea is going there and he says, how much you want, buddy, to give me my wife back? I know you love her, but you love money and you love stuff better, so what's it going to take? And Hosea shells out 15 pieces of silver and a omer and a half of barley. He said, there, now give me the woman that you love, the woman that I love, the woman who is my wife, and he gets her back. And God told her, you love her. And now there's a very interesting conversation take place between Hosea and his wife, Gomer, his adulterous wife that he's just had to buy back and he loves her. And he sits her down when he gets her back at home and says, let's have a heart to heart. And that's verse three, Hosea 3, 3. I said unto her, thou shalt abide for me many days and thou shalt not play the harlot and shall not be for another man so will I also be for thee. So now, he's got her back there at home, and Hosea very painfully brings his unfaithful wife back home, that he loves her. He gets her back home, he sits her down, and he says to her, Hosea 3.3, thou shalt not be for another man, so will I also be for thee. So this is the scene. Hosea is saying to his wife, look, let's go over this again. We did this when we got married, but let's do it again. This is your home, not another man's home. My home is your home. And the principle is, I for you and you for me. So don't run away again, which is the same thing as the Lord says to us in John 15, 4, Abide in me and I in you. I for you and you for me. That's equivalent to the Lord saying to his runaways from his home in Christ and refuses to abide in Christ, don't run away again. The Lord Jesus says, I am your new home. Unpack your bags, stay at home. Don't make me have to go out and bring you home again. So when the Lord called us in verse 25, them of his household, He's saying to us, John 15, 4, John 15, 4, abide in me. Or he's saying, I am your new home. 
Don't run away from me as your home to go into the world of pleasures, into the world of enjoyments. Don't run away from me as your home by letting yourself be choked away from me as your home by getting immersed in the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches. Stay home in me. Don't be a runaway. So for us to be, in verse 25, them of his household, for us to be, John 15, 4, abide in me, the same is true for us that we must look at the Lord Jesus as our home, or another metaphor that's given is in Romans 13, 14, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So all these metaphors be them of his household, in verse 25, be at home in the Lord Jesus Christ, like a garment, they all have the same message. The same message as Philippians 1.21. For me to live is Christ, but for us to be, verse 25, them of his own household, for us to make the Lord Jesus Christ our home is only half of the relationship. Like Hosea, I for you and you for me. Like you said in John 14.20, Ye in me, and I in you. Two-way, both halves. Not only are we to make our home in the Lord Jesus Christ, to be, as it says in verse 25, them of his household, but the Lord Jesus wants to make his home in us, as stated in Colossians 1.27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you the hope of glory. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Galatians 1.15, When it pleased God, Paul's speaking about his own history, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his Son in me. All these verses. Colossians 1.27, Christ in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16, the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Galatians 1.16, his Son in me. That's the other half of the relationship. That's the other half of the relationship. Christ is our home, that's one half where we permanently live. The other half of the relationship is for us to see is that he permanently lives in us also. And just as when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, and we were brought to the Lord Jesus Christ to live permanently as part of Matthew 10, 25, them of his household. So when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, he comes to our heart, our house to permanently live in us. And that's where this scene is so important in Revelation 3:20. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. And we'll sup with him and he with me. The Lord Jesus stood at the door of our hearts, knocking and waiting and knocking and waiting for us to let us into his, our hearts. When we open the door of our hearts, that's when we receive Christ. That's when we said, welcome to my house. That's when we said, mi casa es tu casa. Okay, that has a whole new meaning. My house is your house where he takes control of our hearts and our heart home becomes his heart home. And the scene might be that like a person letting him into his heart home, 
and he arrives with his bags and he hears the make yourself at home and he gets a tour of his new hard home and as he's receiving the tour, we can imagine him coming to a door that's a closed door and he asks, what's in that room? And he's told, oh, nothing. That room's not for you. And he says, no, this is going to be my new home. I need to see what's in that room. And there's a panic as the door is open. And what is found in there is 1 Corinthians 6.15. Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know you not that he that is joined to a harlot in one body, for two saith he, shall be one flesh? But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? So he opens the door to this room, and he sees pornography, and he sees fornication, and he sees homosexuality. And the Lord turns to the host and stares at him. And the host drops his head in shame. And the Lord says, how do you expect me to live in this house with this room? I can't live here with this room. That cannot be. Either this room gets cleaned out or I leave, one or the other. And seeing the Lord Jesus live in us means to be constantly conscious of 1 Corinthians 6.19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, you're not your own. Again, if a person after death wants to enter heaven and that person has never made the Lord Jesus Christ his home and the Lord Jesus Christ has never made that person's heart his home, then the conversation will be Matthew 25, 11. Afterward came also the other virgin saying, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, verily I say unto you, I know you not. When the Lord's going to say that to those heaven entrance seekers, I know you not, he will mean, I never knew you as part of my household, Matthew 10, 25. He'll mean, I never knew you as me living in your hard home and you living in my hard home. This is the third vital relationship that we must have, and it can be stated with the one word, home. First vital relationship stated by the one word, learner. Second vital relationship stated by the one word, servant. Third vital relationship stated by the one word, home. Learner, servant, home. These are the spheres. These are the realms. These are the boundaries. These are the limits of the relationship. Stay within those relationships, he's saying. Don't go outside of those relationships. Home. Now, in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, at the end of verse 25, them of his household, that means we're at home in the Lord Jesus, and he's at home in our heart, so that's the word. Now, the Lord wants us to know what it means to be a part of his household in verse 25 when he says it's enough for the disciple that he be as his master, the servant is his Lord. If they have called the master of the house, Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? It's important for us to see how the Lord Jesus was treated. He says, it's important for you to know how I was treated because you're going to get treated the same way. He says the disciple is not above his master. And he goes through what he's called. 
and he's doing that because to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Now, the King James translation, which I love, which is how this evil God is called in the Old Testament in 2 Corinthians 1, 2, 2 King, for example, when Ahaziah fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria, was sick, and he sent to messengers and said unto them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover the disease or not. Beel means God, Hebrew, Zebub means fly. So Beelzebub means the, the god of the flies. That was the Philistine god who believed that plague of flies, when it came, and the plague of flies, when it left, was controlled by a god that they called Beelzebub. That's the actual word there, Beelzebub. But what we are reading here in Matthew and all throughout the Gospels when it says Beelzebub, that's not the word. That's not the actual word. It's not the word here. What the word is, is Beelzebul. Now, Beelzebul is used in the New American Standard, the NIV, and that's the right one because that's the original one, Beelzebul, not Beelzebub. What happened? Well, the problem was that the translators of the King James thought that Beelzebul was just spelling the wrong word, and they thought that the writers meant to put Beelzebub and not Beelzebul, so the King James translator felt that they were correcting a mistake when they put it back to Beelzebub instead of how it really is Beelzebul, and the other translations, like the New King James and the Old American Standard and the Revised Version, the Amplifier, they all thought the same thing, and they just... They said, even though the original says Beelzebub, they must have meant Beelzebub, so they translated back Beelzebub, and it was wrong, and if they would have asked me, I would have told them, but what can I do? But what the King James translators and those other translators did not understand was that Beelzebub was purposefully called Beelzebul by their religious leaders because it was a pun. It was, it was a changing the last letter, the bet, to the L, the Lamed. And to go from Beelzebub to Beelzebul expresses how much they hated the Lord. The word, as I mentioned to you, Zebub in the Hebrew means fly. And so Beelzebub means God of the flies. So they were using this word Beelzebul to refer to the God of the filthy and the impurity. And every place in the New Testament where the translation, if you read Beelzebub, it was a sharp attack on the Lord. That means that anyone who states that he is a follower of the Lord Jesus, he is them of his household, they should expect to receive the same type of treatment because he said in verse 24, the disciple is not above his master. So the Lord is telling us this slander that we know that was hurled on the Lord, we should expect. It's a price for being a part of his household, but to us to be called in league with the God of feces or dung, but it's worth it. So here's the conclusion. Today, we have seen from verses 24 and 25, the three vital relationships that we must keep ourselves within. And those three vital relationships are expressed in three words, where we are learner, servant, and home. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being such a great preparer, such a thinking of everything that we need so we can stand. We praise you for that. And after all we've read, we affirm, yes, Lord, we want to be your learner, we want to be your servant, and we want to be at home in Christ and Christ to be home at us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.